The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Citizens of the Nation, welcome to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of women. Call Alex Casey Aho, and I am joined on this very, very stormy Wednesday by Michelle A. Court. Kia ora. And Leonie Hayden. Tēnā koutou katoa. And we are here to chat about the past month in just things that we want to talk about, really. Just stuff and things. <laughs> Bit of a chit-chat. We are here with with oh so many things to so the women's bookshop. If you live in Auckland, you should go check them out. <laughs> go check them out in real life on Ponsonby Road or online, www.thewomensbookshop.co.nz. We have a very exciting giveaway this month. We have two tickets <gasps> to their 30th birthday party. Oh, how fantastic. Eleganza extravaganza. Can we all go anyway? Can we all buy tickets and go? I mean, yeah. I want to. I think we should go. I would like to birthday. go. At the ASB Waterfront Theatre. Oh, fancy schmancy. A literary concert. (gasps) Can you even believe? I love it. She puts on a good gig, does Carol. I hope she's going to be like playing the guitar or something. (laughs) But a bit of jazz reading, you know, with some passion in the background. I want some slam poetry as well. Thanks, Carol. (laughs) If you'd like to win those two tickets, please check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ontheragpod. We've also got our private, ooh, that peak a little bit there, Tina, <laughs> private on the rag community circle of love. It is. It's a, an embrace, really. A it's a warm, cyber embrace. A cyber embrace. Oh, that sounds like a, a little cuddle on the information highway. Not, yeah, it's not that kind of a website, though. You <laughs> no, get no. cyber embraces elsewhere. <laughs> Less embracing, more tuggy. But I want take that out. <laughs> Don't take that out. <laughs> that group is called On the Rag 24-7. If you would like to join, there is one simple question, which is, <laughs> why do you want to join? But we enjoy... Proper answers, please. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on this podcast, it's been a pretty crazy month for politicians saying weird things. I don't want to stray into gone by lunchtime territory yeah. here, which is the spin-off's political podcast, but we might have to. We, we might have, have to, because um, there's um, a lot of politicians trying to in- insert their views on things to do with women's bodies and agency into a supreme lives. lack of empathy a lack of ability to imagine being anything other than a middle-aged middle-class white man mm. Mm. amazing we've also got uh, an interesting insight from Meryl Streep and incels are getting plastic surgery Yoo-hoo! what's going on there <laughs> first of all Let's have a bit of chit-chat, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking off mic about just, you know, life, and Leonie literally just said, save this for the podcast. Save all the best for you, our listeners. Exactly. We were talking about digital detoxes Mm -hmm. and what we've been doing this month, either consciously or unconsciously, to spend less time on our screens. I mean, who wants to start? There's 
many many ways into this. So you've d- done this consciously, both mm. of you. So that's really good. But I'll just say that I have done it unconsciously because there's so much other stuff going on in the real world that I don't have the energy, the spoons to go diving into uh, Facebook. I have. I'm just really struggling to um, uh, imagine. Other people's other people having lives, yeah. which is weird. It's a weird not thing. Not weird at all. No, but I feel like all. that is exactly what you need to be doing when you need to focus yeah. on you and your life. Yeah, you make sometimes it's really nice to make your world very small and intimate and limited. Though I did have, I did spend a weekend um, stouting on uh, Twitter. I quite oh, enjoyed it that. Sound like you, Michelle? I know it's so unlikely. <laughs> lay a lay a trap and then go and see what's inside it. Uh, so I, um, yeah. I just sent out a, a tweet about the National Party describing the th- new regulation from the budget that women don't have to name the father of their child, and if they don't name the father of their child, they won't have their uh, child support payments docked, their DPB docked. Um, and they described it as a tax cut, which is bullshit. Anyway, so I enjoyed a couple of days of just um, going... This is this is how I think Twitter works. You go la 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 la, and then somebody goes raw, 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 and you go a pow, and they go and you go kabow, and they go and so I just spent a couple of days doing that when I felt like it. It was really fun. Made me happy. Accurate. The other thing about Twitter that I really like is when somebody sends you a tweet that is just so ridiculous. You don't have to deal with it. You put your phone down and two hours later you come back and find that 47 people that you respect and admire have dealt to them. Yeah, yeah it's really it nice. It work for you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what about you, Leone? I know you had a week of no screens at all, which well, seems impossible. None for entertainment was the rule because it's obviously... the best screen there is. Uh, yeah, well, and that is the point. I get, like, I was thinking a lot about the episode of On The Rag that we've just recently filmed about being Mm. a woman online. Mm -hmm. And that just made me think a lot about my life online and then the amount of time I spend online and the fact that the first thing I do is wake up in the morning with my first alarm and look at my phone and then get out of bed an hour later. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. And to every single time I do that, that's every single weekday morning, that hour feels like about 10 minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then I've been sort of trying to figure out how to deal with um, like problems with concentration. I have a real problem with concentration. I always have. Um, and getting into the, what do they call it? Deep workflow. Oh, yeah. Or mm. Flow state. Flow state. Flow I find state. that really hard. So I thought, well, maybe there's something happening in the phone light with like my brain that just I'm starting the day wrong mm-hmm. by staring at my phone for such a long time. Mm. And I was like, well, why not just take it out for a whole week and see what happens? And I, I can't really speak to if it um, helped my concentration, but I got so many other things done and mm. felt so much more engaged in my own life. Wow. That I was like, you know what? I need to, this needs to keep going because. Great. I don't want to like look back in a couple of years and think, oh my God, I wasted five years looking at my phone, yeah. looking yeah. at other people's lives. It's such a time TARDIS, isn't it? Because yeah. you, you do that thing of looking up and you think you've been doing that for 10 minutes and it's an hour mm. that yeah. you could have either been asleep for, set your alarm an hour later, or Got up and gone for a run. Well, that's mm. it. I could do some exercise. I could make myself an actually healthy breakfast mm. instead of having coffee for breakfast like I do most mornings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I I just, I think addiction should be challenged, and I think a lot of us, myself included, are not particularly honest with ourselves about the things that we're addicted to that aren't necessarily cigarettes or alcohol or drugs. Mm. And I was like, I'm addicted to looking at nothing on my phone, like nothing, just scrolling mindlessly, and I, I don't yeah, want that anymore. Totally. There's, also, there's an empathetic, if you're an empathetic person, and I think we all are, <laughs> there's a thing about reading somebody else's status updates where you feel what they're feeling for a minute. So yeah. mm-hmm. in that hour, you have felt joy, sadness, frustration, anger, that doesn't actually belong yeah. to you. Depending on the platform, 
Twitter, just totally. anger, 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 yeah, anger, yeah. anger, anger, <laughs> lol, anger, anger. You're not looking at Twitter first thing in the morning, though, are I you? I just look at everything. Really? I scroll Instagram, then I go on my Facebook, then I go onto my Twitter, and they're mm. all quite different. But mm. Instagram's definitely the worst because it is the most mindless. That's the yeah. thinking and feeling nothing yeah. bit, which is what I feel is the biggest waste of my time mm. and there's the two aspects to it as well which I struggle with is like there's the feed but there's also the stories along the top mm. which is just like a Fox News 24 hour you know it's like that. as soon as you're finished there's yeah. 10 people have uploaded more things totally. and you can just watch them doing stuff I just wanted to bring up a thing when I wrote that story about the body positive influences, there was an average, and I think this is like very conservative, the average Instagram user under the age of 25 is 32 minutes a day, oh, um, that which too is low. eight days of the year. Um, if you're over 25, it's only tw- it's 24 minutes. So you're, you're there for slightly less. But I would say I'm clocking in oh, well over an hour. Yeah. Because you're also, there's the TV scrolling as well, which kind of is like, <laughs> you're not really doing either of them yeah. properly. Yeah. But I sort of had a similar realisation. I think it was the long weekend that did it, when you just have slightly more time to yourself yeah. and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? What do I do? <laughs> Where I um, I couldn't sleep and so my phone was right next to me. So I was like, I lie there and I'm like, oh, I've woken up in the middle of the night. Should I look at my phone? Should I not? Should I look at my no, phone? No, should I go no, back no. to sleep? I should probably just go back to sleep. But what if there's something on my phone I should look at? I looked at my phone and then I had the worst broken sleep all night and I was waking up every hour and I thought, well, I'm awake now. I might as well keep looking at my phone. And I was taking screenshots of the things that I was looking at. And it ended up me looking at mobile phone addiction articles <laughs> and help support <laughs> at, what is it, 3.18 a.m. on Saturday morning. And and then I started listening to a podcast <laughs> from the Ezra Klein show. It was work as identity, burnout as lifestyle. <laughs> and I was just like, I need to change something. Yeah. If I can't get to sleep without listening to people telling me how fucked up my life <laughs> my life is <laughs> and looking at like just horrible articles about how screwed up my brain is getting, something's not right here. Yeah. So I've done something quite which is a bit which is a bit stupid maybe this week, but I have borrowed an old red Nokia brick phone. It's the kind of phone that my dad has spare in his house for civil defence emergencies. <laughs> Literally the same model, <laughs> which I'm going to try. I'm going to swap the SIM card over and I'm just going to try and leave my iPhone yeah. in my drawer yeah, great. for a month. And I'm already anxious about everything that I'm going to miss, which is yeah. so weird. It's so weird. But I think it's also like, I don't know, I, I like to follow a lot of like, old uh, reality TV stars and people like that. So I do have this excuse, I guess, where I'm like, it's for work. I have to stay on top of this Jules Tocker eating lettuce in the car park. (laughs) I have to watch everything. But the hit rate of of the time I spend looking versus the time I actually see something that's worth covering is like, (laughs) what, one in like (laughs) probably 500? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know what to do because then I like talking to my friends. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the tough one is what the people in your immediate social circle, how they choose to communicate. Yeah. Mm. In my case, that's Facebook Messenger. So I'm going to be keeping that on my phone for a while, I guess. I do quite like imagining, I always imagine the internet as a room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I quite like, I think I can get quite disciplined at running into the room going, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to have a quick look at what you're doing. Okay, see ya. Yeah. And get yeah. out. So get in, get out. Yeah. And I do find, we've talked about this before, logging out of the app so that you've got an extra step. You've got to put your password in to get back into the app. I find that really useful. True. I forget all my passwords Just an as well. extra step. Just, yeah. But I like it. I want to hear more in the next month. I want, I want updates, please, yeah. on... On Leone's concentration and workflow, yeah, and and how the how the red brick is. Not yeah. only that, but at a fundamental level, I also really object to the fact, and this is you know not a new thought, but that companies like Facebook are paying engineers, marketing management, etc. They're paying them lots of money to figure out how to distract us from our lives. Like, mm-hmm. that's the remit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, someone was telling me last week that the um, one of the CEOs or someone really hype at Netflix said that the Netflix's biggest competitor is sleep. 
Oh my god. So these people are out here just trying to steal our time from us, including our time we should be sleeping, which you found out firsthand the mm-hmm. other night. For for what? You know, it's not to make our lives better, it's to no. make their profit margins larger. And I don't uh, really want to play into no. that anymore. It's you know? our old filter, isn't it? Who benefits from this thing exactly, that you're doing? Who's exactly. making money off it? So, yeah. The grimmest thing wow. of all, I saw a, at a gaming announcement that Pokemon Go is now releasing Pokemon Sleep, where you can, like, hook something up and you get, like, points or something for, like, the quality and length of your sleep, which is kind of like, on one hand, I'm like maybe good to gamify sleep and make it like reward have some kind of reward other than being like awake and alert so and happy but then also like I don't know if I could get to sleep if I'm thinking about like how many Pikachus I'm going to catch or whatever <laughs> I don't know how those games work yeah. but yeah it's definitely it's definitely hell yeah. <laughs> we're definitely in hell speaking of hell <laughs> May has been a, a hell month for banning abortions in the States, but also opening up that whole rich vein of men who support that in New Zealand, or at yeah. least are, are opposed to women making the choice. Yeah, we've kept that conversation really quiet. And when I say we, I don't mean me or you <laughs> or any of you. But the conversation has been so quiet. We got those laws, when was it? 1984. Where, uh, you know, it's still, abortion is a crime, but if you can convince two doctors that you will either die or go mad, you can have an abortion. And that has worked for the majority, not all women who want to have an abortion um, don't want to become parents at that particular moment. And so it was like a, a, a an open secret that we were making a law that's not about abortion on demand act like a law that sometimes worked that way, but not always, and was really difficult for rural women, really difficult mm-hmm. for women with religious doctors, la, la, la. So, what, uh, yeah. so, um, so people have been so quiet about abortion, but then, of course, America, and it filters back here, and you end up with people like, like Alfred Ngaro, who um, thinks that no woman has ever been treated like a criminal, and would have absolutely no idea and can base that on absolutely nothing. Yeah. And yeah, imagine having the confidence to say that in yep. front of news cameras, journalists, and also just women <laughs> <laughs> standing in that media huddle. What? Yeah, it is incredible, isn't it? And he also earlier in the month shared, which he has since, I think, maybe taken down slash apologised for, but in the kind of way of like, I'm sorry, you're offended, I'm sorry, you yeah. saw it, I thought I'd get away with it. Um a post which likened abortion to the Holocaust. Mm. Yeah. And this is a man who is currently in Parliament Mm -hmm. in New Zealand, and we know that he's not the only man (laughs) who thinks that way. It's quite quite scary to see the sort of... The the people are out again on Dominion Road. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because of a religious thing, or is that just because it's in vogue? (laughs) So so they've always done it. There's a clinic in Thames where they they have always had protesters. There's a really nice uh, chap in Dunedin who has a sign that just says dick with an arrow, and he goes and stands by the anti-abortion protesters uh, every week when they're out. I think they only go out when it's fine. So there's <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of downtime. They're out there today. We should really have a, like, a live stream. And in fact, he was the guy. I've forgotten his name, and I will remember it at some point and and stick it on our page. But he is also, you know, the protesters threatened to come to Clementine Ford's session at, in Dunedin, and they didn't turn up. But he did. He turned up with a sign that says "Dick" with an oh, arrow yeah. to point at the protesters who didn't come. Yeah. So he's and then adorable. he just ended up accidentally standing. Next to Clementine Ford and <laughs> causing a right, a right mess. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I liked um, in Toby Morris's comic uh, mm. this month that he did with Emily Wrights, talking about how men can use their voices to um, support women and oppose oppose these people. And getting out there seems to be one of the ways you can do it, or yep. just using your voice. I mean, I know that it's tense because it's like this doesn't affect me. You don't want to. Yeah sway out of your lane or whatever but but at the same time it would be nice to hear from the partners current or former of women who've had abortions Mm -hmm. who also weren't ready to be parents Mm -hmm. totally very nice to hear from them 
saying, you know, this is why I'm glad that abortion is available in some capacity here because I wasn't ready to be a parent for these reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to hear so those nice. stories. I also want to hear the stories from women like me who had an abortion and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a terrible event in their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was um, a terrific decision that I have never regretted for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that there were parts of the process I hated that I got pregnant. I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> 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 I was trying really hard not to. Uh, but there was no, I didn't even, you know, the thinking music didn't have to play for me to decide what I was going to do next. Mm. But I did have some really unpleasant experiences in the process. One of the things that you have to do once um, you have had a positive pregnancy test and after your two doctors have said, yes, you will go insane if you have this baby, so you will sign that off. Um, you have to go for a scan to uh, establish how old exactly the fetus is before they'll do the termination and I went for a scan and it was a male what do you call them a scan operator (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm almost a doctor and uh, (laughs) and I said to him I am going to terminate this pregnancy and he looked at me like I was evil incarnate and turned the screen that would show the ultrasound to my face <gasps> so I had to look what at it. What a prick. What? And did not, then did not speak to me throughout the rest of the procedure. And oh I turned God. my head away and shut my eyes. And not, I wasn't, because I knew what I was doing. It was just, no, you're not going to make me look at that. But it was a really cruel thing, I thought, yeah. to do. And, mm. um, and so, you know, there was a moment Alfred Ngaro, where I f- felt like I was being treated like a criminal. Yeah. yeah. Aww. Emotional, yeah. Because um, you also shared your story on the project. Yeah. More recently. I w- did you want to talk about the feedback that you got <laughs> from that? Because this is 2019 now. Yeah. You, Which was also in itself an incredibly brave, bold thing to do, to talk about that. Did you know you were going to do that? I decided in the afternoon that yeah. I would. Because, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah that we, I knew that that story was happening. And I just, I feel like we should normalise it. Because for 13,000 women a year, it's a normal thing to do. That's what it's a choice that we make. And there is no 100% safe um, contraceptive, effective contraceptive. So there, you know, if you ask a room full of people to put their hand up, if their children were in part, surprising <laughs> little element of surprise <laughs> in every pregnancy uh, you'll find a lot of hands going up anywho so um, the response from women immediately so in the next few hours after that aired the response from women was 100% supportive Dame Margaret Sparrow sent me a beautiful email saying thank you for Aww. just being you know talking about it in really unemotional terms as a sensible thing to do for a grown woman um, so I got really nice responses from women and lots of women saying I went through the same process and I feel fine about it or you know whatever um, it was all very positive thank you for sharing your story and every single in the next 12 hours every single message either email text thank you or on your phone. On my phone. No. And yeah, because you can find my number through my website. I'll fix that. And uh, tweets were all about burning in hell and you're a murderer and, uh, you know, what a disgusting human being you are. Lots of burning in hell stuff. Right. So, um, Can yes. you burn in hell if you don't believe in hell? I don't think so. Yeah, no. That's what I'm counting on. Fatal flaw mm. in that particular I, insult. I, I like being warm. And, <laughs> yeah, so I found that fascinating. Later on, I got some nice messages, you know, the next day or so from supportive men. But... A hundred percent of the responses from women were positive, and a hundred percent of the responses from men were "You're a murderer." Wow, amazing, eh? Isn't that interesting? What kind of volume are we talking? Oh, not that many. Maybe in the dozens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too many. I can't believe you got an SMS text. Yes, I did, <laughs> challenging me to it's a almost... public debate. You oh, murdering, no. you murdering bastard. Yeah, because he presumably is an expert. Yeah, of some kind. Cool. Yeah, I don't know in, in what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not in being pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are these men just sitting at this like empty panel in some community hall, just yeah. waiting for these public debates? Like no one's coming. Debate me, coward. <laughs> Do you think I don't know what goes on in men's heads? <laughs> Though they quite like to tell you parts of it. But uh, do you think that they 
Uh, at some basic primal level, a bit frightened of women because we have the ability to create new human beings or not. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. that, that's a choice that they can never make. So that there's a power that they yeah. can never have. I don't know if that's true, but it's just, I've, I'm so fascinated that the strongest anti-abortion voices are male. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I was maybe going to mention this later when we do Watch Club, but there's this amazing monologue by Kristen Scott Thomas in the latest in the season two of Fleabag, where she basically talks about um, how menopause has freed her from from pain. But she has this really amazing perspective on the fact that women carry pain with them right from the beginning. It's it's monthly. It's something that we always have with us. Men have to find it, so they invent war and rugby mm, and, mm-hmm. and all of these sorts of things. But uh, it's something that we're born and have inherently, and that's like the source of strength. And then men have to like try and find fake ways of recreating the pain that women carry yeah. always. Yeah. I just thought it was such a cool perspective. I mean, eventually her point is then you go through menopause and you're free from it yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be your own person because oh, you're God, not defined yeah. by it. But I also like the idea that men are sort of inventing all of these terrible ways to be as strong as us. Mm-hmm. I had a co- really fascinating conversation with my brother the other day about uh, how men won't go to the doctor for prostate exams. And I said, you know, women don't have a problem with going to the doctor and having invasive um, examinations because from the age of about 13, we go, you know, once every two years for a smear. And maybe to solve this problem of men dying so um, frequently of uh, diseases that could have been picked up through physical examinations, maybe what we should do is when men reach puberty, they should have to go for a prostate exam every two years. So they get used to the idea that every two years a doctor puts a, a hand or a finger or whatever it yeah. is inside your body and, and it's, it's not weird and, and that's just what... Because women do that. Totally. We go, yeah, sure, put the... Instrument of torture yeah. and yeah. scrape some things I mean, not away. Willingly, we realise that it's better to do that than the other thing. But you do it. And he was horrified that I had suggested that really? men every two years should go and have a digital exam in their in their bottom. Isn't that interesting? And I was like, but it could save so many lives. Yeah. And men got used to the idea, like women do. Yeah, that this is cool. There's also like we also have to deal with our genitals intimately, taking yep. things out, putting things in, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. for the most part. I feel like that's not a crazy idea at all. Oh. I remember when Dom Harvey actually got a prostate exam live on story and I sort of guffawed at the time thinking it was sort of a stunt, a stunty type thing. But now I'm like, yeah. good on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anything mm-hmm. to kind of raise Normalize that Normalise that stuff. Yeah. That's what, you know, if there was a Ministry of Men's Affairs, that's what they should be promoting. As <laughs> well, a... exactly, as the new Conservatives really want, apparently. Mm-hmm. This I'm came out the other it, day. But probably for different reasons yep. that they're all for it. I'm with you. New Conservatives demanding that the government establish a Ministry for Men in New Zealand to, enjoy, to ensure the well-being... To ensure the well-being of all is being addressed. <laughs> Someone should have edited that. <laughs> they needed a lady to do some <laughs> proofing. <laughs> and it's, I mean, there's all... The concerns underlying this are valid, right? It's like sure. men's health, men's suicide, men's mental health. All of these things are things that feminism is also yeah. trying to help. Well, I also think that they're just things that health is trying to address. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if, you, if, the, if most of your issues are health issues that men are disproportionately affected by, I would say the Ministry for Health is trying very hard to address those for you. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that you are probably like privileged in our health care if you are cis white male, doctors and nurses are probably just pre-programmed or whatever without those sort of cultural biases to treat you very well and give you the best care that they can. Yeah. So the issue is really, is healthcare good enough? It's not the fact that men are disproportionately affected, right? Because they're still getting better care yes. than everyone mm. else. Yes. And, and it's we, not like the minister, Ministry for Women is just looking look, at smears. Gynecological. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Can we yeah. just have all the money just for <laughs> smears, please? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. The no, only it's, problem we it's have. It's an unbalanced... Premise. And it's also ignoring the fact that lots of our diagnostic 
uh, procedures are built for men, not for women. Like yeah. um, women present differently with cardiac arrest from the way that men do. So um, it's more, if you're a man having a heart attack, the treatment is likely to be more efficient. Exactly, yeah. The research is very much yeah. for, for everything. I just think they should do a Ministry of Men uh, or Men's Affairs, as it used to be for the ladies. We should do it the same way. So... People started asking for a ministry for women's affairs in the 70s and got it in 1984. So they they should wait 14 years. Right, yeah. yeah um, it should be the lowest funded and lowest staffed ministry as, yeah. the, as the Department of Women mm-hmm. is. Uh, and they before they get government support, they should go out and run a cake store, possibly because it means a sausage sizzle, <laughs> to uh, build this shit that they want, right? Because that's what women did. Women set up women's refuges on um, with volunteers and community fundraising. And so men should, you know, when they go, where's the men's refuges? I don't know, mate. Where'd you put it? Yeah. So have Make a look-see. Make one. Build one. Yeah. Set one up. Run a sausage sizzle outside Bunnings and <laughs> have it and get back to us in about 14, 15 years. I don't mean to be a bitch, or do I? I think I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they lack for women that support some of these harebrained schemes. Like no. There's like all sorts of women that are sort of like, yeah, our sons are getting taught that they have to be girls or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. heaps of women sort My of subscribe to this. My son's going to have to wear a dress mm. to school. Yeah, so just, you know, if that's what you're lacking in order to organise these things, just ask the ladies on the team. To get it together. To get it together. <laughs> That's the other thing that we should do, because this has been done in Australia, is the minister for men's affairs should be a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because it's... it's and there oh, should be an advising panel of women yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's the only way you're going to get anything done, that's right. to be honest. Oh, that is true. true. It's true. And, and who can understand men's lives more than a woman, you know? People who aren't them. It's a lived experience <laughs> that really that really <laughs> yeah. counts. Yeah. Finally, in a Go My Lunchtime politics special, <laughs> the Coalition Party. <laughs> Brian and Hannah Tamaki are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, they never left. But, no. They've no. never gone absolutely anywhere for more than a couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> at a time. <laughs> so it was announced this month that... Um, so Hannah, Ta- sorry, Hannah Tamaki is leading the party, which may or may not actually be allowed to be called the Coalition Party. Oh, have they made a decision? I'm not sure yet. Coalition NZ. Is it because they don't have the website? Coalition NZ. Well, exactly. Tim's got it. Tim's got it. Leone's got one. You've got the other one. You've got three. You're amazing. So which ones are under your... um... So uh, after I saw Tim's and I was like, so I'll get the coalition party because he just got coalition party. So I was like, I don't want them to get away with it Mm -mm. just Mm -hmm. for lack of a simple preposition. But then I was looking at it and I was like, well, they're not actually called the coalition party. They're called coalition NZ. <gasps> oh. So I was like, got to snap up coalitionnz.org yeah. and coalitionnz.net. Yes. Because they seem the most likely. Yeah. yeah. And they're not very expensive. <laughs> so I encourage, you know, a, a, as did Tim, lots of other people to like just pick up a domain name if they've got a couple of spare dollars. Yeah. $17 a Is domain that name. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like for a whole year. Come Amazing. on now. You know, there's a, a bunch of people, just get one each. They're going to be left with maybe coalitionnz.com, which is $3,500. I mean, oh. not that that would really hurt them that much because they've got mm. some money. They've I would like them to have to spell money. it with a K. That <laughs> <laughs> would make me really happy. Um, yes. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Them and their flimsy <sighs> apologies to exactly. the rainbow community. The, li- the nice thing about them coming out with that non-apology, um, just spending some time trying to um, assuage some of the hate that they've thrown at the rainbow community is that it shows you that the rainbow community has some political clout. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the Pollyanna that's view, I think. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Mm. It's very disappointing that the two people who are on hand to sort of receive this horrible apology and... Pitiful donation of five hundred dollars towards Rainbow Youth. Yeah, five hundred dollars. Um, we're from that community. That makes no sense to me. Like, I don't know why you would front up to that event 
accept that apology or that money mm-hmm. on behalf of a community that has clearly been, mm. you know, completely shat on by these people. Yeah. Without without say wide consultation yeah, with yeah. some of those communities, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do love that Rainbow Youth said, you yeah, know what, we don't need your money. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. have it back. Um, which also the Destiny Church, no, what are they called? Coalition NZ campaign manager, who is himself a gay man, gay Māori man, called them all sorts of names for not accepting the money and pointed out rightly, I guess, that Rainbow Youth's um, governance and organisation is mostly white. But then sort of used that to say, uh, what do you say, they need someone on their team who might be able to educate them about what koha is. Mm. And I thought that that was like a really manipulative way of putting it because koha is about reciprocity. And Rainbow Youth haven't given Destiny anything, so therefore they don't need to expect something in return. So they're well within their rights to be like, we don't want your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And I was just like, Destiny Church like are predicated on manipulating Māori communities, I feel. And that's just like another extension of that. And it really fucked me off. And it really shows that one of their core tools is money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Throw money, money at the Money and cultural yeah. manipulation is... Yeah. Mm. They seem to be their strongest. Also, for an organisation that literally seemingly made it rain like $100 bills once, you could cough up a little bit more than 500 bucks <laughs> to buy the entire LGBT community. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you're trying to do. It's derisory. <laughs> but so if you've got sort of a couple of bucks to chuck at Rainbow Youth to replace the rejected $500, yeah. yes. then, then look them up. One of the things that I'm slightly concerned about with the pushback from the rest of the country is that people are tempted to paint Hannah as his as Brian's puppet and I I have a, an instinctive um, reaction to that which is don't uh, don't um, discount how powerful she is and how cunning she is all by herself mm-hmm. and that um, she's not necessarily the sweet little woman who oh. says ridiculous things like my core supporter is tall, dark and handsome and a really good kisser. I think she's actually really smart. Oh, totally. Cunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Her bid to take over the presidency of the Māori Women's Welfare League yeah. was like Svengalian. Yeah. It's actually pretty amazing. She didn't get away with it. Yeah. But essentially the day after one of the branches of the Māori Women's Welfare League nominated her as the national president... Ten brand new branches of the Māori Women's Welfare League popped up out of nowhere, made up entirely of members of Destiny Church, in order to get a hundred more votes wow. for party president, okay. for not party president, Māori Women's Welfare League president, which was later deemed by a judge to be they were ineligible yeah. to vote. Yeah, but she, that's she thought about that. Yeah, that's yeah. some serious political strategizing. Yeah, don't underestimate her. Yeah. Don't dismiss her as I totally agree as his. Um, yeah, little puppet. Cause, I would nah. like to know the strategy behind her saying her favourite thing to get at KFC is the beans. Nobody I, likes the beans. There is no one who likes the beans. Do the beans. The beans. Do they? I don't know that they do. I feel like I haven't been able to get the beans since, since the 80s. Like, yeah, yeah, which is you know a cause for concern on its own. And they say they've got like their own special... Rotorua branch, branch that true. still does yeah, beans. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's cunning, though, because she, she, that's, you know, KFC on the one hand, mass appeal, beans, very niche. <laughs> <laughs> that's how clever she is. <laughs> it's true, it's true. But I would like to shout out uh, H. McArdle, who sort of stepped yeah. up in the news cycle and spoke amazingly on their non-apology and they said, I think he sincerely has realised, he being Brian Tamaki, that this, the impact that these words are going to have on the campaign rather than the actual world. And I think he wants the treats without doing any of the mahi. Mm. We are yet to see them actually engage with that yeah. community in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. So shout out to H, a legend, a legend among us. Time for some cool tips. 
Do we have any cool tips of the month that we'd like to Mine's share? Mine's literally cool. Yeah? <laughs> but it's not really. It's, everybody else knows this, and I knew, used to know it, and then I forgot. I, if you're going to the supermarket and then you have to go somewhere else after that, I'm now keeping a little freezer bag in, oh, no, in my cool car tip. with the ice, ice, oh. um, those ice pack things so that uh, I can buy stuff at the supermarket, go visit my mother, and then go home and my yogurt's not gone off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It yeah. is a literal cool tip. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's not, I just, you know, when I'm leaving the house, I go, oh, I've got my wee freezer bag, and off I go. Yeah. That's a bit of planning, though. I'm still at the, do I have my bags? Yeah. <laughs> do I have any money? <laughs> a great tip. What about you, Leonie? Um, I've got quite a sort of like a niche cooking tip. Beans? Um, it's beans. It's about how great beans from KFC are. <laughs> Uh, no, so one thing, you know, in winter you make more soups and stews and things. And one since one thing since I stopped eating meat um, that I've discovered is that vegetable stock, as opposed to your chicken or your beef or whatever, it's not very tasty. No, it is not. So there are certain elements missing from things like soups that aren't as yum as they used to be. I always made my pumpkin soup with chicken stock. Yes, mm. see, same. Yeah. I've always made vegetable soups and stews and stuff with Anyway, I have discovered a tip that I read online that I actually have found works quite well is when you're making your veggie stock. And another thing I do is I any of my bits of veggies that are left over when I chop stuff up, I have a bowl in the freezer that I chuck everything into until I've got enough to make a veggie stock. Then now the secret to a richer, fuller flavour, a little handful of prunes. Excuse me? Come on now. I know. I can see how that works. Yeah. Because it's not too sweet, but there's a bit of, there's a bit of oomph in a a prune. There's a (gasps) a sort of, if you take away the sweetness from a prune, there's actually quite a rich sort of umami flavour to it. And uh, it adds a, a whole something something oh to a vegetable stock. And it, it makes the stock a little bit darker, mm. so it looks more like a delicious mm. meaty stock. This is good. Know, this it's is a amazing. weird one, but it worked. It worked That's an me. incredible tip. That's like a posh yeah. proper tip. <laughs> it's a fancy tip. It's my other favourite thing about like, stocks and things. Could be that they don't cost anything because you're just saving food scraps. This is the full mm. promo for this podcast <laughs> is the prunes. <laughs> yeah, is, that's we don't, it. They don't need anything else out of this. It's the best thing that's ever come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this mess. Because <laughs> prunes get bad PR as well, don't they? They do. I like they prune do. Americans for the bad prune PR. It's because. It's the butt of many jokes yes. in 80s sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's because of the... They're lax and stuff. They're fibrous. <laughs> Everybody just associates them with having a really good yeah. loose but stool. But they're so delicious. Yeah. Yeah, so what's wrong with that? No, that's a good thing. It's fine to enjoy. People are spending money on diet yep. teas that make you do the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. They need a prune. We need to get the influencers next to prunes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Delicious. Where are you, big prune and yeah, your big prune money? sweet. <laughs> we'll be your first ambassadors. Oh, my God. Prune's the official. Is that fruit? It is a fruit. It's a fruit. <laughs> it's, it's, a a, it's, a, it's a plum. Isn't a prune made of a plum? Mm-hmm. Isn't it a dried plum? It's a dried plum. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't trust it. <laughs> my cool tip is <laughs> related to what we were talking about at the start of the podcast. I purchased an old-fashioned battery alarm clock to keep my phone out of the bedroom. Good. And I've been I saw her do it. Loving it. Well, yeah, I walked into Leone at the time as I was buying because I was at Daiso and I was, you know, classic three for $10. Can't yeah. go past it. was holding the clock and the batteries and going, what else should I buy? When I walked into Leone who was buying three pairs of socks for $10. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Wild exciting. times. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> it was my big weekend. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> Lovely looking socks, by the way. Thank you. Wearing them today. (laughs) She is indeed. Oh, yeah, nice. But it has actually, apart from if you can get over the trauma of the sound of that old, like, oh, yeah. Because you hear it click and it goes, click. And you just go, ugh. I want to. I want. I want to. I want. I want to shut my eyes and and go to sleep for much, much longer. Yeah. But after that, I've realised the stillness and not having that urgent reach for my phone and just being able to like open the curtains, look directly into the sun, like Pete Evans <laughs> recommends, <laughs> <laughs> searing my um, retinas. I feel great. It's I've, it's only been two days, <laughs> to be fair. But I enjoy the kind of the physical ritual of like setting an alarm, flicking the switch. 
I don't know. It's just yeah. I'm a huge good. fan. This is good. I do miss is the tick. my old radio Oh, does it tick? Oh, I can't be doing with the tick. It ticks oh, a little bit in a that yeah. Seems weird. Does I've, it keep you up? I mean, nah, it can be quite soothing. I, I guess, find it quite soothing, it. and I do kind of stash it underneath my little hubby. Hubby. Hobby. Cubby. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same. Stash it underneath me hubby. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> because I've I've got one that's battery operated that doesn't tick, and it's got you can push the top of it and it lights up, so you you know you can go. What time is it now? It's four. But I dropped it, and it's um, a liquid crystal display, and I dropped it, so now some of the bars don't work, so you can't tell the difference between six and eight. Mm. So yeah, it's really. I should just throw that away. Yeah. Why do I still have that? That's really silly. Sorry. Um, Does it spark joy though? My ancestors believed that waking someone up from sleep, like jolting them awake out of their sleep, was really bad for you. Yes, because mm. your soul isn't popular. Because your spirit's and, gone off yeah. for a wander, yeah. and uh, you can do spiritual damage by yanking yourself awake again. I feel this is true. Yeah. Why I can't I get mean, into a deep exactly workflow. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> It's the only thing you can do in the. It's the only time in the army that you can punch someone as if they've woken you from sleep. You you got a free pass on smacking. But someone isn't the army face. all about getting woken up at strange yeah. times? But if somebody right? touches you to wake you up and you take a swing at them, ah, yeah. so, so ah. if there's some, I think I think what? if there's someone you don't like, you go Barry. Could you wake me up tomorrow? <laughs> and you can smack them and they go, wow, it's waking me up. Another oh, cool niche yeah. tip for all you army listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about an interview that you did, Leone, for our television <laughs> movie show. Yeah. Not, it's not a movie. On the rag, <laughs> it's a web series. We just never know what to call it. We oh, always pants it. Video, on, online video show. Online video Talking series. Pictures. Talking pictures. You can watch it on the spinoff or on the spinoff's YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. It's, it's everywhere. But you did an interview with Goras Garriman and she shared some very interesting things in the same week. Or, or it was right before it all kicked off with the... David Seymour, Menace to it, Society quote. It was the week before. Yeah. It was, she told me before the interview started that she'd just found out that morning um, about the um, investigation that revealed a white supremacist Facebook group talking about all the ways that they'd like to lynch her and like graphic descriptions of of killing her um, that Patty Gow had done for, um, for News Hub. Mm. Um, and then... The following week, David Seymour in an interview with Sean Plunkett described her, not them, mm. but her as a menace mm. to freedom. Mm-hmm. freedom. And so, yeah, so all of that hate that was already sort of being stirred up by this investigation and by revealing these people were out here threatening her physical safety. And then he tried to sort of act like she was the one that was a threat to people for trying to encourage a discussion a discussion about hey how about we don't let people get away with threatening and harassing people online anymore mm. that is supposedly the menace to freedom of speech and our liberty oh my um and it was an interesting discussion nonetheless you know like she's very clued up on um, the real world effects on women and people of colour of online abuse and, you know, the numbers and the research because she's got a lot invested in it, but she's also putting a lot of her time and energy into getting the message out there to protect people like her. Mm. But fuck, what a price to pay, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's what I mean when I said at the beginning that there are some middle-aged white men who just cannot imagine being someone who's not a middle-aged mm. white man and not seeing that's describing someone as a menace to freedom within that context. A colleague. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. is just throwing fuel on yeah. a raging fire and has is going to have real-world consequences. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's that like? And they can't imagine no. it. Was, there, was it Goras or the other woman you interviewed who was talking about how it, it, the parallels with kind of war zone PTSD that people go through from absorbing online abuse. Yeah, that was, um, Goros was talking about that from a piece of research that I've forgotten where it came from, but um, essentially the day-to-day of um, online harassment, if you're a woman or a person of colour, especially if you're a woman of colour, um, amounts to similar levels of stress that are found in people who are in active duty in war zones. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So just existing yeah. online and that constant threat. It's the fight or flight mm. that a lot of people who say have to be online for work or um, they might be academics or authors or whatever. It's like people whose job it is is to put ideas into the world yeah. have this constant fight or flight that people in war zones have. I get that because it's, mm. it's stuff that comes out of nowhere doesn't it it's you, you just suddenly it's in your inbox or yeah. it's a comment, a comment at the bottom of a thing that you've put into the world or yeah it's just bam 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 all the I time mean, you'll know this as well Michelle like there are times where you're like I'm used to this yeah and then there are times when your defenses yeah. are down and it mm. just kills you it yeah, just destroys you through. you're not ready for it you're not ready for it you're not prepared yeah Mm. You're like maybe tired or emotional or whatever, yeah. and it's like that that just doesn't go away. That never gets better. And I think Golrys also talks about how you put the armor up, but you don't actually want to be that person with the armor up all the time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, because part part of your appeal as a politician, for instance, might actually be that you can be compassionate and empathetic to other people. Yeah, mm. putting those walls up takes that away. Yeah. Mm. And you have to hear all the voices of your civilians. Yeah, and and you also, every time you get a comment like that, you go, that's a real person out there in the world. I wonder if they ever walk past them. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever at my supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Well, speaking of that, something that really scared me on that sort of train of thought was something that surfaced out of Melbourne or out of a forum. That horrible man, <laughs> Roosh. Yeah. Roosh. What kind of a name is that? Roosh V, who's um, what is it? The return. I always say. I always want to say Return of the Kings, but I know that it's not that. Kings of Men or some shitty group. They tried to come here a while ago. Return of Kings. That wasn't far away. Um, he runs Ray. this men's fucking thing and <laughs> they have these forums that have basically turned into you know HN style Wild West and there was one thread that was a sort of pickup artist guy in Melbourne who's listed all the places in the yeah. CBD where you can s- approach women or look at women or be around women categorised by how easy easy it is to approach them, the kinds of women that they are. And they score very, out of 10. They score out of 10. There's, it's just, it's honestly Hot skin tips crawling. what to do while you're waiting for these, not women, they're not really humans, are they? They're, they're targets. Targets, targets yeah. is what he's called them. And they're at libraries, supermarkets. Um, supermarket aisles are great because they're narrow. It's just so... Beyond, oh, yeah, the bottleneck theory. Yeah, that you <laughs> yeah. get a hobby. I, 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 they're terrible spellers, MRAs. <laughs> There's got to be some Venn diagram that shows you that people who can't spell and MRAs are just—it's an overlap. And one of the comments that made me, because it was really frightening, to be perfectly honest. Mm. But one of the comments that I um, that made me snort, laugh out loud was. Girls are definitely hotter in the summer months. <laughs> like that's just temperature science. That's just yeah. That's <laughs> not. You're not wrong, yeah. laddie. Yeah. It's so it's so creepy. <laughs> but again, it's that scary thing of I'm like, who are these people? Do we walk past men like yeah. this? Are yeah. they around? Are they in Auckland? If they're in Melbourne, why wouldn't they be here? And I kind of want to think that there's four of them. Yeah. With five thousand profiles, sure, and they never leave their mother's basement. But we know that a woman a week is killed in Australia. A woman a month is killed in New Zealand. There's there is hate for women, mm. and yeah, um, yeah. So they do exist, and they are real, and it's fucking terrifying. Mm. Another scary corner related, I'm sure, in some. In some, well, no, quite clearly related, the incel community oh, yeah. online. There's been an incredible feature was written for thecut.com about the rise in incels, involuntary celibates, who um, are getting plastic surgery, or at least considering it, and are doing many sort of photoshops in their own faces to look more like the chads of the world, getting broader jaws and 
and um, so they can get a Stacy. So they can Stacey? get their Stacys oh. in the world, and it's just so. so they can get their sex prize. Oh. Mm. I condemn women for having sex, but yet it is my right to have sex with them. But how yes. dare they have sex with people who are not me? Mm. I hate them because they're sluts, but also how yeah. dare they not be sluts with me? And, yeah. And how how dare you choose not to have sex with me? I find it such a weird concept that you're angry with the whole half of the population yeah. because they have got together and held a meeting and said, we're not going to sleep with Brian. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't we like... Damned him too ugly. We have is too weak. Terrible cheekbones. It might be that he hates None women, of us will ever but... sleep with him. And I don't care if he's a nice person... <laughs> And I don't care if he's educated and polite and he's got good manners. We're just not going to sleep with him because he's got terrible cheekbones. Yeah. Fuck. Hell. All those in favour say aye. <laughs> and then they have to move on to the next one. It's a very long agenda. There's hundreds of men to get takes through. so long. Exhausting. Yeah. That's what we're all guys. doing. We're in the toilet. That's, yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. Oh, my God. You've told it's them. It's just a long Shit. scroll. Tell them, Alex. Oh. But mostly I come away with this. Obviously... The incel movement is very scary. You know, they are they mobilize in real life and they kill women, yep. as we've seen. But I just it's so sad that mm. these men feel that this is the only way. Yeah. How do you not see past it? What I want to know is like, does anyone leave the incel community? Do people like reform? Oh, I guess it's too young at the moment. Oh, I want those stories though. I want to hear it's them. Not really though. I feel like we're a few years deep I guess in this. So. Terrible, terrible nightmare. That's true. I'd love, I would read the shit out of something written by a, a yeah. incel, reformed incel. That Where blaming something outside yourself is amazing. I, you know, I've got friends who are single and maybe don't, women friends who are single and don't want to be single and try to do the dating thing. And it's, you know, two sentences in, it's, I'll show you my penis. Mm. And it's, but they don't turn into humans who go, all men are evil because they will not have a relationship with me. It's, mm. they, they go, I might take up gridiron. I don't yeah. know why I said gridiron, <laughs> but it seemed like I a mean, nice idea. I mean, you sure as hell do get together with your friends and have like a laugh maybe at yeah. like mm. the terribleness of dating of and of the dudes that you see a lot on dating apps or whatever because it's like a release. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they've got a photo, profile photo involving a horse. <laughs> yeah, or mm. a fish or, yeah. top of or a just mountain, a car. Or no a... person, just an old car. Yeah, just an old car. <laughs> Brum. And do not think for a second, gentlemen, that we are not showing each other your dick pics because yeah. that is oh, the yeah. greatest conversation starter in any mm-hmm. get-together mm-hmm. for a group of women friends. Sometimes we play the memory game with them. We print them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have to remember whose dick it was. It's a crafternoon. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think it ties in with I actually I should have uh, put a link to this in our notes but there was um, a story recently about how a lot of men don't have any friends and rely on uh, the women in their lives yeah. to provide all the emotional support and all the forms that that takes yeah yeah the girlfriend has to be the best friend I don't need and a the, therapist the therapist yeah. exactly and I I feel like that also feeds into the incel movement and in that you're not having people IRL to decompress with and go, mm. oh, I just, I can't get a date. And I tried to talk to this woman and it went really badly. And like, I think laughing at yourself is really important. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can't, can't do that alone, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that when all you have to communicate with people is text online because yeah. we all know that a lot of nuance is lost when you are only communicating in text and. And this is Everything like, sounds passive aggressive and angry exactly. when you're just writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the guys on the other side of the world who are trying to be part of this incel community as well are just like, yeah, you're angry, I'm angry, we're all angry. And it's just like, nah, just find a friend. Yeah. Decompress mm. with your friends in the real world. Maybe, maybe do Some set up late the starters. Ministry of Men's Affairs and use it as a social network. Yeah. A friend Have a cup network. of tea. Yeah. Yeah. A friend. And if you are men with lots of friends, then actually talk to them about shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Talk mm. to them. Yeah, that's what we would like. Because, yeah, we would like them to talk to each other. Like a male on the rag. Oh, see. Actually, not angry one. <laughs> no Joe Rogan allowed. <laughs> 
but yeah, that is a fascinating feature. I'll post it in the, uh, the On The Rag page if you haven't read it already. Very scary. What about Watch Club and Book Club? We are conscious of time. Michelle, you've got, you've got to flit away to the project soon. I do, flitting. Um, the, I am reading Leah McFall's Karori oh. Confidential, which is just, for me, reading little 800-word columns that I've never read before because I live in the wrong city to read her every all year. It's just delightful. She is crafting wordsmithery goddess. Yeah. I can't make that's not a good sentence, but you know what I mean. She's brilliant and it's so light and adorable and affirming. Mm. It's that's my going to sleep read at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Love that book. What about you, Leone? Um I haven't actually read any great like works by women recently, but I am reading a fantastic book by Paul Beatty, who's an African American writer called The Sellout, uh as a man Booker Prize winner, I wanna say two years ago. Um, very hard to describe, but basically just like really strong um, African-American vernacular writing style, but it's about a whole bunch of things, including a black man who enslaves another black man, Oh, which is one twist. of many quite fascinating um, yeah. parts of the book. It's, it's super funny and super dark and nice. just one of the coolest books I've read in a really long time. Yeah, but Watch right. Club, mm-hmm. Fleabag season two. Oh, yeah. Did it all over the weekend. Did you? Mm-hmm. The writing is so good, I get mad about it. Yeah, Same. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you me know. feel sick with jealousy. Yeah, when when you recognise like, oh, she's, she's so, so good. She's so funny. I recommend it to everyone. Season one and two, because actually, when you put the right. two together, not that long. Yeah, both seasons are only three hours each. It's a gorgeous length, actually. It it's is a perfect length. It is, except for if you thing. want more. Do you know what? If I could have access to the um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind technology, mm. I'd just wipe my memory and watch Fleabag over and over That's again. That's a great idea. Whoa. That's what I'd do with it. Nice. Of all the things. Of all the yeah. things. I just, I love her. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is one of our greatest writing talents mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. And all of her characters are like me in a horrible way that I don't want to relate to, but yeah. I do. Yeah. I know. And I find it makes that me awkward, laugh yeah. and cry a little bit. Yeah. But season two is definitely like a great antidote to season one. So if you've only watched season one, very dark. I could understand not wanting to revisit that world. Mm -hmm. Season two, beautiful antidote. Still really unhinged, quite raw, very funny, but makes you feel like there's hope for us all. There are some, like, you mentioned the Kristen Scott Thomas one. There's some, like, incredible, like, monologues as well. The one in the confession booth. Yes. Very good. And then There's what a comes hot priest. Next? There's a hot priest. Hot priest in season two. You don't have to be religious to appreciate no. this character. Yeah. It helps if you're a gay man or a heterosexual woman, obviously. Mm. He's not hot just to look at. He just is one of the oh. hottest, funniest characters. Oh, you have the greatest like, rom-com character. Yeah. Oh, so Beautifully good. flawed, but like, nice. he can get it. Like it? <laughs> <laughs> the priest can't get it. <laughs> I'd also like to shout out, I've been doing a lot of other, I've watched Always Be My Maybe on Netflix, oh, so Girls good. Trip and Wine Country, oh, all, so in like, all in a huge binge, and I highly recommend all of those things. I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. They're all lined up. They're all on my on my favourite oh, list for yeah. when I have a, a minute, but yeah, they. Oh, I'm so glad that, good. <laughs> and, oh, and also add in there, um, oh God, um, the... Wonderful woman from Jane the Virgin, her Netflix oh, movie is well. Someone Great. Yeah. That is I also great one. girl gang story. Very funny, very modern. Love yeah. it. Love it. So the, I, I've watched Good Omens over the weekend Same. and loved it. Miranda Richardson, Francis McDormand is God. I think Francis McDormand is God. Yeah. And if, <laughs> so if she's her not. Her playing herself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> God as herself. Uh, and and we just, Jeremy and I decided that Michael Sheen was doing C-3PO throughout it all. <laughs> and, and that David Tennant is doing Bill Oh and once God. you know that, it's just even more light and enjoyable and wonderful. It's just I terrific. loved that there was a, a slight gay subse- yeah. subtext to their relationship yeah, yeah. in the miniseries. It doesn't really exist in the book. Mm-hmm. Or at least I didn't notice it, but it's maybe because I read that book for the yeah. first time when I was 11. Yeah, yeah. Probably was never going to pick up on that. But I thought that was delightful. And can I just say that I tweeted Neil Gaiman and said, thank you, it's brilliant, and it made me feel really happy. And he replied to my tweet with, I'm so glad. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's 
it's crazy. incredible. Where do you watch that program? It's, is it on Netflix it's on or Amazon? Amazon. Amazon okay. Prime. Yeah. I downloaded it. Like, so I much good TV. Got the moment. seven day free trial just to watch Good Omen. Good job. <laughs> so good. And Handmaid's Tale is coming back in a day, actually, if you're looking for a feel good. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to <laughs> wash like down Chernobyl fluffy. with the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Let me tell you that for free. <laughs> All right, shall we award our Kelda Queenies for, sorry, Kelda Queenie of the month? Yes, I want to uh, award a Kelda Queenie to every solo mother in New Zealand who chooses, for whatever reason, to not put the father's name on the birth certificate. And I hope you're doing great. Kelda Queenie. Kelda Queenie. Mine is for the good bitches at Good Bitches Baking who have been toiling away, cooking up, baking up sweet treats and delivering kindness mm. all over the country to the people who need it. They were recognised, honoured by the Queen over the weekend. Woo-hoo. Very well deserved and they're doing oh. incredible work. You should go check them out. And if you're a baker, you should get involved. Yes. Nice. They are the best. My Kia Queenie is Phoebe Wallerbridge. I just yes. think as an artist and a writer, she's putting stuff out into the world that is has a uniquely... Feminist perspective, mm. and I think we all need that, and I love her. Yay. We love her. We love you, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, if you're yeah. listening to this. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. call me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Hope you're doing all right in the storm out there. Thank you to the Women's Bookshop for helping us out with this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's going so well, and then I pantsed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the Women's Bookshop for supporting us. If you'd like to win tickets to their 30th birthday extravaganza, please check out our Facebook page. Thank you very much to Tina, our lovely producer, who makes this all happen. Thank you very much. We will see you next month. Hey, Tina Marama. Kia ora e te iwi, he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.